The views and opinions expressed in this program are solely those of the program's contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the University of Alabama. Thank you for listening to Bless Our Hearts, Alabama Quilt Backstories. My name is Kevin. And I'm Lizzie. Bless Our Hearts is a podcast about the stories of queer people living in Alabama. Today, we're going to be talking to Darcy. Yeah, and Darcy's going to tell us all about how they knew they were trans, about their first binder, and coming out to their family. So we're sitting here with Darcy. You two know each other, don't you? Yeah. Like, very vaguely. Yeah. Yeah. From Safe Zone and and things like that, so just kind of being around LGBTQ community stuff. Cool. So the point of this is for you to tell us your story. We want to give folks a voice and give people who are LGBTQ and living in Alabama an opportunity to talk about what it's like to be LGBTQ in Alabama. So I'm just going to ask you, uh, first off, what... What made you want to do the interview? Why did you want to do this? Yeah, so uh, my friend Isabella posted about it on her Instagram story, and I just, I'm really into listening to podcasts. It's one of my main hobbies, I guess, (laughs) is just like sit at home and paint my nails or color and listen to podcasts. So I don't know. I think that it's a really great idea because we don't see a ton of perspectives of queer people in the South, and so I thought I would contribute. Yay. Well, thank you for being here. Yeah. What are some of your favorite podcasts? Um, there's one called The Adventure Zone, which is a like role-playing game podcast that's oh, yeah. very funny. Yeah, yeah the uh, my brother and my brother and me guys yeah. playing uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, yeah. I like that one too. They're like my favorite. I love them so much. I've been to a few of their live shows too. And then there's one called Nancy, which is about queer folks, and it's made by WNYC. That's really good. I listen to a lot. I could <laughs> go on all day, so I probably shouldn't. Well, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, yeah. So I'm originally from Nashville, Tennessee, and I came to the University of Alabama because they gave me a really nice scholarship, which I'm very grateful for. I guess as far as my like queerness goes, I'm bisexual, and I'm a non-binary trans person, so I use they-them pronouns. And like I said, I really like podcasts. My major is like technically a film major. Um, so I really like creative projects and things like that. That's kind of a very basic background of me. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Do you have a story in mind that you wanted to talk about when yeah. you came up here? I kind of wanted to talk about the very first time I put on a binder and like what that felt like. And I guess like how it confirmed like that I thought I was trans. So I could talk about that. Sure. If somebody doesn't know, can you define a binder? Yeah, totally. So a binder is a piece of clothing that you put on your chest that makes it flatter. Uh, I don't. I guess that's no basic definition. Okay. Okay. Absolutely. Can you tell us a little bit about why somebody might wear a binder? Yeah. So as opposed to. Like an ace bandage. Yes. Which we okay. Want to yes. Avoid. So uh, binders are the safest way to flatten your chest. Um, ace bandages and things like that can be dangerous just because they put a lot of pressure on like your rib cage and things like that. So binders are the safest, but you don't want to wear it too much because then it's not safe anymore. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. I I kind of want to start with a little background on how I realized I was trans just to like go into the binding because it mm-hmm. was all kind of at the same time. Um, so I come from a really Christian background. And so I would never 
was able to explore my sexuality or gender identity, like if I had any thoughts like that, I would just like push it down and be like, we're not thinking about that at all. And so the freshman or the summer before my freshman year of college, I stopped being Christian. I just realized I didn't believe in God anymore. And like within a month, I had realized that I was bi and that I thought that I was trans. And so that was kind of like a big month for me. And so I was moving to college the month after that. And so I ordered a binder and sent it to my UA mailbox so that my parents wouldn't see it. (laughs) Um, And that was probably like one of the things that I was most excited about moving in. Wasn't even like my roommates or anything. It was like the binder just because I really wanted to see what would happen. I don't know. And so, yeah, I moved in. um, And the same day after my parents left and I kind of got settled in, I like rushed over to the mail center and I got my package and then I went back home and that day I was wearing a shirt with like a rainbow flag on the front I guess I was feeling really queer that day I don't know um (laughs) and uh so with my bra on the rainbow was kind of like curved around my chest and so I took the shirt off and I put the binder on and it was hard to get on because they are at first because they're super tight and then I put the shirt back on and I remember leaving my dorm, like my bedroom to go to like the mirror area in my dorm and like just like looking in the mirror and seeing that the rainbow wasn't curved anymore. It was like completely flat. And then I like kept turning to look at different angles. And I just remember being like incredibly happy, like absolute euphoria. And I I mean, like physically, it's not very big of a difference because I don't have a huge chest anyway. And it was just like, there were these bumps and now they're not bumps anymore. So like, I guess it shouldn't be a big deal, but it was like such a big deal. And I was just like insanely excited about it. And I I rushed over to my roommate's room and she didn't know anything about trans stuff, like especially (laughs) non-binary stuff. And I was like, look at this binder I got. She was like, what are you talking about? (laughs) And so I had to like explain it all, but I was so excited I had to tell somebody. So yeah, I guess... That was kind of my first experience, and then... I love that, by the way, that, that that clearly made you so excited because your face, even now, just telling it again, it's just <laughs> like you have this giant <laughs> smile on your face. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, like, I guess I had always not really liked my chest, but I didn't know that it was gender dysphoria. I, I guess I don't, I guess I just didn't think about it a lot. I was just like, ah, something I have to deal with, I guess. And then, so whenever I started looking at trans stuff and people were like, you can bind or get top surgery. I was like, what? Um, So yeah, I I was very excited. And now I'm like, I mean, top surgery is going to be like that times 10, you know, which I'm extremely excited about that in the future. But we had kind of talked about earlier about how it's unsafe to wear it for too long. Mm Mm-hmm. And so for the first year, I did a bad thing and I ignored that. Um, so I wore it like almost every day for probably like 10 hours, 10 to 12 sometimes, which is not good. And so now I can't really bind until I get top surgery because I'm oh. worried about my chest. Because my chest had started hurting a little bit. So I'm a little worried about damaging it. Like I don't want to yeah. injure myself. So that kind of sucks. But just a warning to people, I guess. What kind of damage can you do? Um, you can break your ribs if you like wear it too much. I don't know like all the specifics of it. I just know that I had kept wearing it too long and I would like wake up in the middle of the night. My chest would be hurting pretty bad. So mm-hmm. yeah. 
but that's kind of a downer, so you can cut it if you want. But <laughs> I think it's important to talk about those types of things, though, yeah. especially yeah. for people who are who who are like you, interested in having a binder or in binding in general, who are experiencing dysphoria. It's really important to to talk about the mm-hmm. the safety things that are that are necessary. So, um, the stuff you want to do to make sure you don't hurt yourself. Yeah, for sure. Do you have a plan for when you're going to get the surgery? Yeah, I'm. I'm super like I'm crazy excited because I'm supposed to get it next summer. So like, ten months from now, um, oh, cool. I've been working to save money and stuff, and I have a plan, and I should have enough money by then. So, yeah, I'll have to. We don't have much. We don't have many surgeons in the South, uh, and especially ones who like put pictures on their website and like have communities on the internet who say like, "Hey, the surgeon is like safe," and I felt good there. So I'm going to be flying to Detroit, Michigan, to okay. have surgery done. So well, cool. Yeah. Happy wow. for you. Thank you. Can I ask you how much something like that costs? Yeah. I mean, you don't have to tell me if like, you're not comfortable no, talking I, talking dollars. But. No, I totally can. <laughs> um, so I'm going to one of the cheapest surgeons in the country, and I'm really like lucky that he also has like great reviews. But so my top surgery I'll get without nipple grafts, so I just like won't have any nipples after. I might get them tattooed on. But so that actually makes the cost a little cheaper. So I think it's fifty four hundred for him without nipple grafts. Okay. With nipple grafts, it'd be like 5,900. Mm-hmm. But other surgeons can go up to like 10,000. There's a really great surgeon that I like. Her name is Dr. Hope Sherry in North Carolina. Hers is like 8,500 or something like that. So it's pretty it's pretty pricey. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I my uh, insurance doesn't cover it. So it's all out of pocket. You mentioned at the beginning that uh, when you got your first binder, it was when you were here at the university mm-hmm. and... You had got that through your mailbox here so that your it wouldn't come to your parents' house and that your parents were very religious. Yeah. Uh, where where are they now in terms of how they feel about you? Yeah. So it's actually kind of weird. Um, my parents, ra- like we went to Catholic elementary school, so it was a somewhat religious household. Um, but as we got older, they kind of fell away, but I was still super into it. So they are actually aren't that religious anymore. But so for a while, I just like didn't come out to them. Actually, one thing I do remember in, in senior year of high school, my mom texting me and being like, hey, if you're gay, it's fine. We love you. And I was like, I'm not gay. <laughs> like, you're wrong. But I mean, thank you, but I'm not gay. And I was totally gay. I don't know what was going on. There. It should have been a sign. But... Yeah, so, but coming out as trans is like a whole different thing from coming out as gay. It feels more intense for me, I guess. And so I put it off for a while, like, let's see. So I came to college and I started using they, them pronouns and kind of exploring everything freshman year. And so I went a whole year like that and I didn't know any of that was going on. And that summer, uh, I decided that I wanted to start testosterone. And so I knew that I had to talk to them about that because that's a you know pretty big medical decision mm-hmm. and I just wanted them to know, I guess. And so I kind of just sat down with my mom separately and I was like, this is what being non-binary means, this is what being trans means. And um, she was totally great and amazing about it. She actually, she works at a police station and they have a trans guy there who like transitioned on the job. So she like had already had a lot of experience with it, which is great. And like her police station does like trans training sometimes. So that was awesome. My dad was less good, not bad. Um, I just, 
I knew that it would be really hard for him because I've always been like his little girl or whatever. Mm-hmm. My sister and I have. And so I actually just like sent him a text because I like couldn't handle doing it in person. And I was like, hey, I just want you to know that I'm trans and I'm going to start testosterone. But like, don't worry about name or pronouns or anything. Okay, love you. See you tonight. (laughs) Um, And I think he just like responded, love you. But like, it was definitely awkward. um, And we just like didn't talk about it. And so I think that I was a little bit in denial about my pronoun indifference when it it really mattered to me, but I didn't want it to matter to me Mm -hmm. because I just wanted it to be easy on everyone. I didn't want to like be a burden or anything. And so I told him that was fine. And so I started testosterone and it was great. And I think it was like four months before I realized that I was just like couldn't stand like the she pronouns and the old name. And so I went home for Thanksgiving break and I, I had texted them a week before like, hey, we need to have a conversation about my gender. And so we were in the car because uh, we had kept putting it off until like the very end <laughs> of Thanksgiving. And I just like I was so nervous. I was so scared. And I shouldn't have been like I, I think. It was awkward, but it's not like they would disown me or anything. Hmm. And I had already told them I was trans, but I was like, hey, I really need you to use my pronouns and my name. And it was just like me kind of laying it all out. Like I had never told my dad about my dysphoria, but I was like, hey, uh, like I don't like my body. This isn't this is something really serious to me. Um, And he was just like really quiet. Like he didn't say anything the whole ride home. And my mom was just like, okay. That's fine. Um, And then when we got home, he said, hey, I can use your pronouns, but I don't know if I can use your name. And so that was kind of like hurtful for me. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And so, but it was kind of better than I was expecting because I wasn't expecting anything immediately. But then, so that was hurtful, but I went back to school and uh, things kind of continued as normal. And then the next time I came back, he was using my name and pronouns like immediately. So I guess he had come around. And so, yeah, they're both great. I think a big moment for him was uh, buying, uh, my sister and I are twins, so we have the same birthday, which is obvious, but whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, so he bought, he bought my sister and I a birthday cake, and I think a big moment for him of showing me that like he loved me and accepted me was like putting my new name on the birthday cake. Mm-hmm. So it was Darcy and Kinsey instead of my old name and Kinsey, and that, that was really great. I had told my mom that I had planned on getting surgery eventually, and so that's still a conversation that I need to have with both of them about like, hey, this is going to be happening pretty soon and I've been saving up money because I know they kind of wanted me to wait just because it's a surgery and it's pretty big. But yeah, so that's kind of a conversation I still need to have, but I'm feeling optimistic about it. So you were saying that your your dad was, you know, he was okay about this, but mm-hmm. it took him a little while to come around with the name. What would you say to people who are having the same kind of issue with their family? I mean, are you, do you feel like they should give their parents a little uh, leeway to get used to things or should they just, this is who I am, you call me this or, Mm -hmm. you know. I mean, I think it really depends on your situation, like, um, and especially kind of how hostile the environment is. Mm -hmm. Um, If it's like the same situation where it is more kind of awkward than hostile, for me, I'm kind of a pushover. Like I said earlier, (laughs) I don't like to be a burden. So it was kind of like a really big step for me to even try to assert my pronouns and stuff. So for me, it was kind of natural to wait. But I don't know. I I, I think that 
parents do have a responsibility to research and understand uh, just like how important this is to their child and then try to implement that as soon as possible yeah. and like do the best that they can. And I think that uh, it's hard, you know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard because your parents kind of have this implied authority over you sometimes. And so it can be really hard to assert yourself like as an adult and as a queer person, especially if they don't understand that. But for me, being patient was the way to go. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if that would be the way to go for everyone. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that was kind of rambly. But. No, that was a fantastic yeah, answer. Yeah, okay. was perfect. I think it's a okay. complicated question, and yeah. it's different for everybody. Yeah. And so, yeah, there's a balance to be struck between being patient with your family and trying to preserve that biological that biological family structure, yeah. which so many people in the LGBTQ community don't get to keep. And also respecting yourself and and doing what's right for you. So. Yeah, it's a it's a really really hard balance to to try to because I mean you know who you are, but for other people your existence can be a debate. So it's kind of mm-hmm. really hard to be patient with people who do think it's a debate. And I've heard people say like, well, they're from a different generation, so you should give them you know give them some leeway. But like they're adults, and like they can you know do their own research and try to learn and grow. So it is kind of hard to balance that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Are you from Alabama? No, uh, yeah. So I'm from Nashville, Tennessee. So still the South. Okay. But yeah, I've only ever lived in Tennessee and then moved to Alabama. So can you tell us a little bit about what it's like to be LGBTQ specifically in Alabama? Do you have any? Yeah. So I think I'm relatively lucky to live on a campus that's like fairly liberal. So our our school has options for, you know, preferred name and pronouns on our website that you can change. And um, we have some gender neutral bathrooms, which is nice. But as far as Alabama itself, it's really not great being a <laughs> queer person. Um, I guess I can talk more to the trans part of it than like uh, the like gay or bi part of it. There's really a lack of trans healthcare here. I know that we have one trans health clinic in Birmingham that mm-hmm. I personally haven't been to. I go to the Nashville Planned Parenthood for my hormones just because it's informed consent, meaning right. I don't have to have a therapist note or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of tough too and I haven't totally looked into like all the endocrinologists we've had here so maybe there's more than I know about Mm -hmm. Um, but it's not it's not immediately obvious that's for sure I think we have a couple of surgeons in the state and then as far as like for me therapy is really important not just for gender dysphoria but for other like mental health issues Mm -hmm. and it's very hard to find therapists in the South who know what it means to be transgender, much less non-binary, or like the nuances of trying to explore your sexuality or gender. Mm -hmm. So that can be tough. I'm lucky that I have a therapist who uh, is kind of involved in the queer community. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's nice. And then as far as like visiting like normal doctors, like if you want to go to your primary care doctor or like for me, I need to go to an OBGYN, which I haven't done yet just because I like, I don't think that they would know a lot about trans issues. So I'm going to come in with like male characteristics and they're going to be confused. I'm going to have to answer questions. And Mm -hmm. it's kind of just a stressful experience, especially if I don't even know if I'm safe. Like, Am I going to be, I don't know, <laughs> like uh, spoken to differently or rudely mm-hmm. or anything like that? Uh, so in that way, being in the South as a trans person is not fun at all. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but generally I feel pretty lucky and accepted in the community that we have here. Um, and I think I think the South is is better than people think it is for <laughs> queer people because like I mean I have so many queer friends here and maybe that's because I'm on a college campus, but yeah, it's not it's not a hellscape or anything. <laughs> yeah, and I'd love like I'd love protections for queer people on the state level. Like that would be great. We don't right. really have that right now. Mm-hmm. I don't think. Um, so yeah. You got anything else you want to talk about? I think that's it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for talking to us. Yeah. You are so pleasant. Aww, yeah, thank thanks. you for being here. I appreciate it. <laughs> it was great having you. Yeah. Thank you again for listening to Bless Our Hearts. We'll be releasing episodes throughout the month of October in observance of LGBTQIA History Month. So if you don't want to miss an episode, maybe go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. If you want to learn more about LGBTQIA plus community resources in your area, reach out to your local pride organization or equalityalabama.org. Bless Our Hearts is brought to you by the University of Alabama's Safe Zone Resource Center in conjunction with the Office of Information Technology's Center for Instructional Technology. The Safe Zone Resource Center provides educational outreach, community support programming, and crisis-related resources to LGBTQIA plus folks at UA and their allies. If you'd like to get in touch, you can do so by email at safezone at ua.edu or via Facebook or Instagram at at UASafeZone. Are you a faculty member or a student who's getting a little stressed out by Blackboard or some of the Blackboard-related technologies? If you have any questions about Blackboard, feel free to contact the Center for Instructional Technology in A203 Gordon Balmer Hall. You can give the Center for Instructional Technology a call at 205-348-3532 or contact them by email at cit at ua.edu. Thank you all again for listening to Bless Our Hearts, Alabama Quilt Pack Stories. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you.